This podcast contains language and subject matter some may find offensive. Keep out of reach of children and the elderly. This is Canadian Spirit. Hello and welcome to Canadian Spirit, the podcast hosted by two paranormal investigators who use what they've learned in the field to try and solve some of our nation's most famous and forgotten paranormal mysteries. I'm your host, Kelly McMillan, and with me, as always, is the Rollicking, the Rhapsodic, the Razor Sharp, Darcy Baruda. Well, thank you very much, Kelly. It's nice to be back, as always, with you on the show. And uh, to all our viewers, I hope you're all doing well, keeping healthy and safe. Yeah, and it's great that you say that, Darcy, because more people are getting their vaccinations. Or, you know, the world, as strange as this may be to admit, seems to be getting back to something resembling normal. Oh, God, you know, I'll say like many of our other our viewers out there, let's keep our fingers crossed because I've got a good be coming to the end of it. I certainly hope so. Like, there's a little bit of concerns with the Delta variant out there, but well, people come here for an escape from that shit. <laughs> I feel but almost bad. Nice not to have to wear the masks anymore, Kelly. I mean, you know, that, that heat spell that some of us experienced was brutal wearing those things. Yeah. So anyway. For, yeah. No, it's uh, it was not fun. I actually ended up with heat stroke here last week. That's part of the reason why we couldn't re-record this episode last week. But still. Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. But I did get my second COVID vaccine, so. You did get it. Yeah, so. Who knows? Maybe in the near future we can start doing in-person recordings again. Hey, I'm looking forward to that, buddy. It's always way better in person, for sure. You know, Darcy, do you remember the last episode we did in the in the same room together? Uh, vaguely, I remember. Yeah, you're, you. Uh, I remember your cat was uh, actually talking to us quite a bit. I remember the cat. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Disco certainly made it onto the recording, but that was all the way back in episode seven. Holy, it's been that long already. Where does We're the on, time go, man? Yeah. Like this, yeah. this is episode 18. Holy smokes. Time just flies, doesn't it? No kidding. We have done way more recordings online than we have actually done in person. Well, and you know, I, I, I'm confident in saying I think we're we're only approving. You know, I'm enjoying this more now, Kelly, than ever before, man. Yeah, I think we've really come into our own, but I also still see a lot of room for improvement. But I think that we can definitely get to being a top tier show in no time. I think so too, and I'm more confident. Yeah, there's, 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 there's room for improvement, and then then you were going to say, Darcy, you suck. You need to do much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, you know I love you, buddy. I know that, but I know that I know where you're going with this. But hey, let's carry on. All right, I'm a good mind reader, dude. Oh no, you're doing just fine. <laughs> Yeah, well, with being a top-tier show, some people have been asking about merch. We started looking into it, and we started comparing some different print services for t-shirts, mugs, you know, all the same general knick-knack every podcast has. Where I want our listeners to come in is I want you to guys to let us know what you would like to see as far as merchandise would go for this podcast. We'll do our best to try and make it happen. Absolutely. I'm thinking, you know, jackets would be an awesome thing at some point in time, too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, there's a there's a couple of different places that offer jackets, but not that many, actually. Well, well isn't that Sports Checks? They're still open, isn't it, Kelly? Yeah. The so sport, they still do it? Yeah, Sports Check is open, like, here locally, but uh, I'm not sure if they would ship internationally. 
or what their rates would be. Well, it seems to me last time I asked them, it said that they did say that they do do that. So, but that was okay. a while ago. Yeah, yeah, that was back in the before times. The before, yeah. So <laughs> who knows what's happening now? But I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask, right? We could always locate somebody. Yeah, no, for sure. But no, we are working on that. We're just trying to iron out some bugs and try and figure out what works for us and what could work for you guys. So if you got any suggestions, just let us know. Hit us up on Twitter at spirit underscore Canadian or our email, which is spiritinstitutegp at gmail.com. With that out of the way, we got a couple of more announcements. Uh, recently, I did a guest episode on the Bob's Mess podcast where we talked a bit about Bigfoot. You can find that on episode 10 of his podcast on all your podcast providers at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever. That should be pretty interesting. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's right down Kelly's alley, so yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. God damn it. I got to stop saying that. I sound like such a fucking Canadian when I say that. What? Hey, what? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Have you ever noticed how all, the typical American stereotype of Canadians, it's like all of them, like all of Canada is just big North Dakota. Yeah, I've kind of picked up on that, too. So we all say the same thing. Oh, yeah, for sure, eh? Yeah, yeah, we're all eh? from We're all from Fargo, eh? Yeah, eh? <laughs> Pretty good, uh, eh? Little bit of little nuances that I pick up on in my own speech when I'm editing this podcast. I'm just like, oh, my God, I got to stop saying that. Yeah, I try not to laugh, but it's good. <laughs> uh, we're never going to get through these announcements. No, it's going to be midnight before we just get out of this. Alone. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our new Twitter follower shoutouts. First up is Michael Fry, who, by the way, is the co-creator of Over the Hedge. Darcy, the raccoons are onto us. Oh, God. We've done They're it now. Us before, too. We got to, yeah. We have angered the raccoon gods. Not cool. Now they've sent their henchmen out for us. But no, thank you for the follow, Michael. Next one up is One Woman's Opinion, Mr. Rush Studios, Anders 36602188, The Secret Sits Podcast, Figure Nation, Trade Design, Level Up Gang 312, Queen Crow, Tales from Our Youth, Dark Seeds Couch, Suzanne Least, Casey, no last name, United as Friends Podcast, and Igor Yashenko. I just want to say thank you all so much because by the time this comes to air, we'll have exceeded 1,400 twi Twitter followers. Pretty cool. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, absolutely. And personally, if I think if each follower just listened to just one episode, we could start making money at doing this. I mean, not Joe hey, Rogan. Man, fingers crossed, you know. Yeah, no, not Joe Rogan money, but still, you know, at least we're not racist. Well, to be honest with you, Kelly, I mean, as racist as it would be make, uh, to make money, I mean, I'm going to be personally honest with you. I just enjoy doing these podcasts and uh, getting the feedback that we got means more to me than anything in the world. I don't know about you, but I mean, this oh, is great. Absolutely. Like the fact that our listeners come to us and they say, like, we love what you're doing. You know, we love this podcast. It's one of our new favorites. Like that kind of stuff makes my day. It makes our day. It makes, yeah, I mean, that's great. Yeah, because it shows that we're doing something that everybody likes. And I know we say that every episode, but it bears repeating. You know, it just, it, sees it, like, it makes, just makes me feel like, well, money isn't the only important thing here. It's what the viewers think of us that means an awful lot. It's a huge, means it's huge for us. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the listeners and whatnot, they're, it, you know, we do it more for them than we do for anything else. Well, of course, that's what it's all about. That's what we started this thing for, you know? Yeah, we didn't start this to make money. We Well, 
part of the reason why we started is to sharpen our investigative skills. And part of it is because we just wanted to have a creative outlet for spirit. Yeah, and try something different for sure. Yeah, exactly. But yes, speaking about money. So I just want to pause here for a moment because I wanted to give a special shout out to some awesome folks that I've been talking with over Twitter, chief of which being Daniel Roebuck. Dan and his crew are behind a new indie film based on the classic horror movie My Bloody Valentine called Valentine Bluffs. They found our podcast because one of their guys that they cast for it is not just a fellow podcaster, but a paranormal researcher himself. That is just too cool. Yeah, definitely. Small world, hey? It is a real small world and a very big thing. You know, Kelly, honest, I'm really psyched about seeing this movie. Yeah, me too. Everything else aside, I think it's going to be a really great movie. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah, because I loved My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, it was a really well done script. It was a really well done movie. And it, uh, as far as it got really good ratings, actually, too, at the box office. Yeah, no, I mean, like, the re- I believe they made a remake. I can't remember now, but it wasn't. Yeah, the the one from the eighties I thought was more superior was better anyway. Yeah, so now this one coming up, this is the third sequel, right? Uh, third. No, this is this is an indie film that uh, they're basing loosely off of that. Like they've taken that as oh, cool. as some inspiration. Nice. But here's where we come in, and where our listeners come in. These guys need a little bit of help getting their project off the ground. They are really close to getting this fully funded, and they've started up an Indiegogo for their project. And I'm just going to stick that in the episode description for you guys to go check that out because I think it's a really promising film. And so, yeah, go give them your money. Absolutely. I know uh, they'll be getting my money because I'm in there right now as soon as it comes out. Now, do it now. Give them your money. Yeah, see, that's how psyched I am about it. Yeah, And also, too, the video that they did for the promotion – it is worth mm-hmm. visiting the site regardless. Even if you cool. don't have any money to spend, just go and visit that and watch that that video because it's pretty fucking funny. I'm in. <laughs> uh, well, with all that preamble done, well, let's move on to our new five-star reviews. We have one new five-star review this week, and that comes from SMC Cardi 84 on Apple Podcasts, saying, quote, So good. Just found this podcast and so glad that I did. If you like all things paranormal, then this is a great podcast to listen to. The hosts keep you engaged and wanting to listen to more. Check it out. End quote. Cool. Well, thank you very much for that. Well, SMC Cardi 84 happens to be one of the podcasts of the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. Friends Wayne, Cameron, Josh, and Greg recap some of the most bizarre Florida Man news stories. You know you love those and cover some of the most fascinating parts of Florida history. So if you like Canadian spirit, you're going to love these guys. With that, I just want to encourage everybody listening, if you haven't already, fire off a five-star review. And we'll give you a shout-out, plug your personal projects, or do whatever that doesn't require us taking our clothes off to thank you for supporting us. Yeah, well, I don't think we'll go that far, Kelly. I don't know, Darcy. You don't know me that well. Oh, God. No, you <laughs> great old buddy. <laughs> I've already started a Canadian Spirit OnlyFans page that nobody knows about. Oh, interesting. See, even <laughs> I don't know about that. So that's that's something that I'll just stick to this. Anyway, I'm ruining uh, our brand one episode at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you say that. Gonna burn it all to the ground. Burn it all to the ground. <laughs> but you know how fires start, right, Darcy? Oh, boy, yes. That's right. With some Very gasoline. Easy. Some matches, 
And with all this fire talk, I think it's time for Kelly's Campfire Tale. Boom! Seamless transition. I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) Take it away. Welcome to Kelly's Campfire Tale, where I put you, the listener, in the middle of a paranormal event using my mediocre storytelling ability. It's finals week, and you've been stuck in your dorm room, poring over a year's worth of notes, books, and lectures. Your tiny workspace resembles more of an office of a private detective on a case than the work desk of a college student. Pages upon pages of hastily scrawled notes, completed term papers, and open textbooks litter the entirety of your working space. Beads of sweat form on your hairline as you try to make out the meanings of things like cellular mitosis, abiogenesis, and adenosine triphosphate. God, why couldn't you have just gone into film studies? You lean back, wiping the sweat off your forehead and rub your temples. Your head pounds with the effort of trying to comprehend the meaning of the micro-universes that live inside us all. Thump. 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 At first, you think you can hear the pounding of your own heart in your ears. You shake your head to clear the intruding sound. Thump. 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 It's on the second sounding that you realize that the noise is, in fact, not coming from inside your head. You roll your eyes and groan out loud. Hey, can you guys fuck a little quieter? Some of us are trying to study, you shout, annoyed at the inconsiderate nature of your roommate as you growl under your breath and try to get back to your books. Thump, thump, thump. You slam your open palms onto your desktop. That was the last straw. You storm out of your room and down the hall, flinging the door to your roommate's room wide open and start shouting the third degree at everyone. Except, there's no one there. Puzzled, you listen closely to the thumping sound, and in a moment of deductive reasoning, you quickly realize that it must be coming from the hallway. You follow the noise out into the hall. You look left, then right. You spot a woman stumbling down the hall, bumping into walls as she goes. You sigh and roll your eyes again. Sure, it's Friday night, but to be that trashed this early is just sad. You call out to the woman to see if she needs help, but she gives you no response. Feeling a sense of obligation, you follow the woman as she stumbles through the halls, up some flights of stairs, and through an open door at the top. You step out onto the roof and a sense of urgency creeps into your gut. You call out for the woman again, quickly, looking around before finally spotting her at the edge of the roof. No, you shout and lunge for her, but it's too late. She vanishes over the edge of the roof and disappears into the night. You feel sick and slowly look out over the edge, expecting to see a gory mess a few stories below. But there's nothing. Not a trace of anyone. What are you doing up here? A gruff voice says from behind you. You spin around, the words tumbling out of your mouth. There was, I mean, I saw, she was... Oh, the custodian says, his hardened face becoming softer. Ah, see, you saw Mother Yvonne. Confused, you ask for clarification. Mother Yvonne. The custodian explains. 
She was a nun here over a century ago. Killed herself by jumping off the roof. People see her here once in a while. It's best to let her just do her thing. Ain't a thing you can do to help it, son. You shiver, a cold prickling making its way down your spine. It seems molecular biology isn't the only mystery you've been pulled into tonight. The end. Well done. That is, yeah. As always, Kelly does the best campfire tales. I don't think I could do as good as jobs he does. You got the knack for this, Kelly. <laughs> I'm okay with doing short fiction. I don't think I could ever write a full-length novel, though. No, but that's a gift. That's a really good gift you got, man. You do. You're awesome for it. So, anyway, very good. I enjoy it myself. So. Ah, thank you, sir. <laughs> Everybody loves the campfire tales, except oh, yeah. for I'm like, except for assholes. If you don't like my exactly. campfire, if you don't like my campfire tales, then you're an asshole. Like, well, yeah. That's just a fact of life. <laughs> I'd agree. <laughs> All right. And with that out of the way, let's move on to... Canadian Spirit Chronology. So we're back in Nova Scotia for yet another ghostly adventure this week. In what seems to be an in- unintentional theme. Yes, unintentional because I'm not intentionally skip, skimping out on writing the history section for the time being at all. We're actually re- we're revisiting a community that we've covered in a previous episode. If listeners remember, back in episode 12, we visited Antigonish. Well, we're back. And kicking down doors to look into another ghostly tale from the region. Could it be... Sorry, I just I sounded a lot like David Childress there for a second, and I felt dirty. I don't even know who that is, Kelly, but okay. Um, have you have you ever watched Ancient Aliens? I can't say that I have. He's he's done a couple of um appearances on there. The guy has the weirdest way of talking. Oh. And David Childress, could it be a vacation in Puma Pumku? Kind of sounds oh, like Mr. Yeah, Mackey. Yeah, yeah, you sound like yeah. Now I'm just ringing a bell. I think I've heard that that guy before. Yeah, the guy, the guy's okay and all, but just the way that he talks is really off-putting, and that's what I just did. So yeah, I feel like I'm gonna need a shower now. <laughs> right. But anyway, we'll just fucking lean into it here. Could it yeah. be that Antigonish is the most haunted place in Canada? It could be. What do you think, Darcy? I would have to agree with that. I've heard many stories about this place. Yeah, there certainly seems to be a lot, but when you really start digging into it, the Maritime Provinces themselves have a lot of different ghost tales. Oh, really? Yeah, there's actually a lot that I'm really looking forward to. We, we can make just episode after episode about the Maritimes themselves, because... No doubt. There's tons of stories from over there. In particular, I'll give a couple of sneak peeks in the future. We have lighthouses, and we have pirates. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Those are coming up in future episodes, so look forward to those ones. Definitely. But in any case, what we're looking at is a specific place in Antigonish that is, of course, the St. Francis Xavier University. Now, before our comic book-loving listeners bust a nut over the probability of a real-life X-Men school, I need to tell you that it isn't. St. Francis Xavier University is one of Canada's oldest post-secondary education institutions. Its beginnings are written about on the university's website as, quote, St. FX was founded in 1853, during the first half of the 19th century. 
close to a million farmers, laborers, and tradesmen came from the British Isles to the shores of Nova Scotia to seek a better life, joining the Acadians and Aboriginal peoples already settled here. Scottish Highlanders made up 67% of the St. FX constituency, where Acadians, Irish, English, and Aboriginal made up the rest. St. FX offered the only university-level education in the region at the time, and, partnered with the Roman Catholic Diocese, maintained strict academic standards in order to provide the best education possible. The website even has this fun fact. St. FX got its name from a German priest named John Schult, who was sent to Canada to be its first principal. The priest had never been to North America, and so he considered Nova Scotia to be a missionary area. Since St. Francis Xavier was patron saint of the missions, it seemed only appropriate the new college should be named in his honor. End quote. Certainly an interesting story. Yeah, no, it's great that they actually have a little bit of their own history right on their website, because I know a lot of people tend to overlook that kind of thing because they feel like it's not important. Well, those are the that are into paranormal uh, investigative is for certainly find it interesting. Yeah, not only that, but it's, like I said, one of Canada's oldest post-secondary universities out there. So they have a exactly. bit of... That, that's part of Canada's history right there. Yeah, so they have a little bit to be proud of as far as their history goes. And I mean, like, they didn't kill nobody, so as far as yeah. we know. Or did they? We'll find out soon. Well, we'll have to do a bit more research in that, <laughs> a bit more digging. We'll know very soon. Yeah. <laughs> so there's one part of campus that's important to our story, which is the building that's known as Gilmora Hall. This hall was built in 1937 as a residence and was named as such for Bishop Morrison. But Kelly, you ask. How do you get Gilmora from Bishop Morrison? It's simple. It's the Gaelic translation of the man's name and title. Boom! Linguistics! The building used to belong to Mount St. Bernard College, which was an unaffiliated college to St. Francis at the time. It wouldn't be annexed by the university until late in the 19th century. During its time with Mount St. Bernard, the building functioned as a residence for the Sisters of Notre Dame, which were a sect of Roman Catholic nuns. Which begs the question, could you technically call these nuns the Gilmora girls? I think so. <laughs> that might be the best joke that I've ever written. Come on, man. It's golden. <laughs> oh, I know, Kelly. Come on. I was just writing wrong. <laughs> cover that up. <laughs> I love that joke. It's that was funny. a great one. It's probably one of the best you've ever told, Kelly, because you had me going, you know. I had me fall right into that. Uh, I love Mr. X. Yeah. In any case, these details are going to be important to one of the most famous hauntings at St. Francis, which is, of course, the story of the Blue Nun and the Red Priest. So let's get into some spooky shit. The story goes that at some point late in the 19th century, a young nun who resided in Gilmora Hall was having frequent sexy times with none other than the priest of the college. This, of course, goes against Catholic doctrines, given that anyone who serves the church in any official capacity are mandated to take vows of celibacy. Well, the story goes that Sister Sinful Pants and Father Fuxalot ended up getting pregnant. While it's easy to hide your dirty deeds, it's a little harder to hide a child of a union that could destroy your career. This led both of them down a path of extreme stress, despair, and desperation. And as we know, desperate people do desperate things. One night it said, the young nun climbed onto a balcony, or roof depending on which version of the story that you hear, and leapt to her death, killing herself and her unborn child. Well, 
suicide is contagious, they say. And Father fucks a lot there, hanged himself over the school's spiral staircase. And to this day, freshmen report ghostly figures, one in a glowing blue habit drifting through their dorm rooms, sounds of footsteps, voices, and stifled giggles in the hallway where the corridors are vacant. The giggles make me wonder, though, are they still boning in the afterlife? Can you do that? I would think so. You want my opinion? What would you even call that? I think we have the question for the week already. Yeah, well, that's a very good question, Kelly. It makes me think about that. What would you call it? What do you think you would call it? Uh, let's, let's save that for the question of the week. Okay. All right. But the spectral activity doesn't end there at all, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to jump into some witness testimonies of paranormal activity right after this short break. Humans must be defeated for the glory and honor of the Akanar. Yeah, 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 yeah. But do you detect any humans inside me? This is Space Station Lem 5 transmitting on all frequencies. Survivors from any species, please respond if you are out there. Hey, Lem. I think you need to add some variety to your show. There doesn't seem to be any intelligent people left alive out there. But then, what is my purpose? It's not every day that a spaceship's civilization emerges, you know? Also, ladies... I came here to rally our fleet against a formidable enemy. All of the General's battleships have been decommissioned and are working as security at our luxury resorts. Ah, ah, they're trying to scrap me alive! Ha, take that! Ugh. Oh, do you want some? Yeah! Now that's a hull breach you can show off at a bar. Guys, I think I found something connected to the species dial. My god. What if we stick together instead? There could be better ways to get burned, you know? What are you talking about? Mm, lowering our shields. Dimming our ambient lights, getting cozy. But we're- Spaceships, out now on podcast platforms across the galaxy. And we're back. All of our stories come from Nova Scotia Ghost Stories, which is a Wix site that I'll link in the show notes. So are you ready to get into some weird shit, Darcy? I'm always ready to get into some weird shit, Kelly. All right. On to our first story, then. Quote, a recent resident of St. Devex had a particularly haunting experience. In her room, in the wee hours of the morning, about to fall asleep, she heard a crash. Turning her head, she saw that a cup had fallen to the ground, its plastic lid and straw separated on the floor. Too afraid to pick it up, she left the distinct pieces there. The next day, she recounted this story to her friend. Upon hearing, he remembered that he had borrowed a dish from her, and retrieved that cup. The same cup that she had seen fall in her room the night before, and the same cup that she had passed in order to visit this friend. A seemingly mundane, yet inexplicable event that can be only attributed to the paranormal. End quote. So what's your thoughts on that one, Darcy? 
What's my thoughts on that one? Definitely an interesting story, Kelly. But could it actually be paranormal? There's some a few factors in there that I'm not it's not quite clear about. Could it be Bim Pim Could it be hoodoo? <laughs> no, I was doing the David Childress thing again. Could it be? Oh yeah, that that's <laughs> Oh sorry, I, but I mean <sighs> You're making me wonder about you, Kelly. I know. I'm so tired. I'm getting concerned about you, Kelly. I've worked like almost 40 hours this weekend alone. So. Well, no wonders. 40 hours will do make, make many people do loopy things. Who knows? But, My you know, brain is fried. <laughs> All right. Perfect so. imitation. You know, you see, that's a great imitation of a, what is that? Not E.T., but some alien from some show I saw one time. My brain is fried. Yeah, that's who you sound like. To a okay. T. <laughs> nah, you should have been a you should have been a no you should have been an impressionist you'd been perfect <laughs> oh, i've got some good ones up my sleeve that i haven't yet new revealed. coming up shows kelly's imitations <laughs> for me the thing that strikes me the most about this story is the cup itself yeah. sure there's many identical cups of, out there in the world but if her friend had one then why would she why would he need to borrow a cup just like this one that he had and why would it appear in her dorm room afterward to me if, if we're talking about like paranormal and the paranormal itself this speaks to something that's called bilocation which is a phenomenon when something or at times someone will appear in two places at the same time some paranormal investigators out there think that things like doppelgangers can be blamed on this phenomenon yeah, and if you remember, Kelly, the 19, what was it, 1981 movie Poltergeist, they talk about that, uh, the bilocation of a certain area. Yeah, they do They do so. And back then, it was considered to be like an occultist type of, uh, an occultist type of magic, right? Yeah, and it, the reason why I say that is because I just actually just watched this with my, my kids over the weekend. I watched Poltergeist with them, and they were just talking about the area of bilocation mm-hmm. and that kind of sparked what you were just talking about yeah back then back when poltergeist was made it was considered to be some kind of occultist magic but actually as it is today we know that bilocation is actually possible but only on a subatomic level right when when two electrons vibrate at the exact same frequency they can change places instantaneously no matter how much space there is that separates them effectively existing at two places at the same time in a sense now, there's no concrete evidence that this happens to dinnerware, though, so I do wonder if this is being blamed on spirits or... Well, you know, that's a hard one to say, because, you know, back then, back in those days, they didn't have the technology, obviously, that we do now. Oh, no, this only happened, like, back in the 90s. Yeah. But, yeah, I do wonder if this... Totally. I do wonder if this is being blamed on spirits, or how do they explain how the cup got there in the first place? I mean, do ghosts unlock doors? And that's, sort of, that's going to be kind of a, a remaining a mystery, right? I don't think anybody's ever really come to a conclusion on that yet, have they? No, and I mean, they certainly can't pass through walls with a solid object in their hand. I mean, if they if they did, I would I'd honestly pay my left testicle to see it. I mean, they they can obviously pass through solid walls because they're ghosts, but with a solid object, they could probably pass through the wall, but the solid object obviously wouldn't. Or at least yeah. I don't think it would. Unless somehow they were able to, say, expand the atomic structures inside of it so that 
it could potentially pass through the wall, but that's getting into an area of physics that I really don't want to get into right now. No. Because my brain is fried. There you go again, buddy. <laughs> the stories don't end there, though. Here's a second account from a student that stated shortly upon moving into their dorms on campus, she began noticing they began noticing that their books would often be rearranged. This could have been easily explained by a roommate missing with their stuff, except there was no roommate. This began happening with their papers as well, and went on for several weeks after the situation culminated in a terrifying experience. The student awoke in the middle of the night, and upon rolling over onto their back, they noticed a shadowy figure with a pair of red glowing eyes hovering over their bed, staring at them. The figure pointed at them and then suddenly vanished. End quote. So what's your thoughts on that one, Darcy? Well, I've had ex actually similar experiences through uh, one in particular investigation. I'm not going to say who, but it was in Grand Prairie. And Kelly, you, you might have remembered this investigation that I did in Grand Prairie there for, for this individual, mm -hmm. um, for this person, about the shadowy figures in her house in the basement. Yep. Yeah. Well, because but everything that you're describing, it kind of reminds me of what this person had uh, was telling me what was happening in the basement about the red glowing eyes and the dark shadowy figure mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So my thoughts are kind of uh, on that one, I would have to say, are very compelling to what I, what I was told to me anyways. I never actually saw the individual or never saw the red glowing figure, but I did get orbs caught on my camera. Yeah, no, I remember looking at those and going over with you what my thoughts were on it. And I but, just wish that I could save those. I don't know how they got away from me or what, but I really wanted to keep those. Mm. Is it, yeah. Back to story here, but what you're saying about the shadowy figure, yes, there's a lot of, uh, lot of compelling evidence there. Yeah, my first thought that comes to it is that this could have been, like at least as far as the student's vision goes, it could have been what's called a hypnagogic hallucination. It's insanely common to see this particular entity, one that's shadowy with red glowing eyes, either above your bed or somewhere in the room. And hypnagogic hallucinations generally happen when your brain is kind of in that no man's land between wakefulness and sleeping. It's most commonly, it most commonly happens with sleep paralysis, but in rare cases, it can present on its own just well a good example of this is actually when you know how sometimes when you're falling asleep when you're completely alone and you hear your your name being called and it wakes you right yes, up i've had that happen to me many times yeah me too that's a hypnagogic hallucination only we experience that through audio rather than vision but sometimes it does affect those other senses and it's it would fall in the same light. I've had a dreams like that where I've been rolling off of a cliff or falling off of a cliff and then waking up right away. Yeah, it's a pretty common one. Same and principle, I guess. More or less, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we get some of these like weird hiccups in our, you know, in our sensory perception areas in our brain, whatever the hell those are called, the auditory visual complex, whatever. But in, in any case, our brains kind of just misfire as we're falling asleep, and sometimes we can see things. And I think that may be what's happening here, because with hypnagogic hallucinations, they tend to be triggered more by stress. Same thing with uh, sleep paralysis, right? Pretty much, yeah. 
And we'll get a little bit more into stress a little bit later. But we're going to move on to our final tale from a former student who posted this on hauntedplaces.org about their former experiences at St. Francis Xavier. I reached out to them, but they never responded for a request for an interview, so I'll keep their name out of it. Their story is as follows, quote, I lived in a single room in the Gilmora adjacent Mount St. Bernard dormitory on the fourth or top floor at the furthest end of the Camden Hall during the 2010 to 2011 St. Francis Xavier academic school year. It was a co-ed dorm with each floor split into a general boys end and girls end. I was wrongfully placed at the girls end of the hall. All of my immediate neighbors moved out within the first few months, and I remember being scared of the noises that I'd heard every night, but by Christmas time, I felt more protected than haunted. My experiences include asking my neighbor if she needed to talk to somebody because I could hear her loudly crying through the wall. She had a no idea what I was talking about. The crying persisted almost every night for a month. Apparently, no one else was hearing it. I assumed the girls just didn't feel comfortable talking with their guy friend about their feelings. Over time, the crying stopped and was replaced by creaking and banging sounds coming from my closet. I remember being so frustrated at first because the noise seemed to stop almost instantly every time I left. I slid the closet door open. I gave up investigating this quickly after realizing I could stand in my room all night every night sliding my door open and closed, and the building's plumbing ran through my closet. But I was so confused with the timings of the noises, I didn't tell people about this noise, figuring they'd laugh it off as the plumbing. I sort of did too. This is close to when I accepted to myself that I wasn't alone despite having no neighbors left in the hall, and I'd been driven mad by whatever was living with me if I wasn't careful. I'd see shadows under my door out of the corner of my eye while just trying to watch TV before bed. And when I dart my eyes to the door, the shadows would take off, as though someone had been caught with their ear to my door. Every time I checked the hallways and stairwells, I'd find nothing. This happened almost every night leading up to Christmas vacation, and again up until the reading break at the end of February. It stopped immediately upon my return, and I chalked it up to being stressed about final terms, midterms, and my eyes playing tricks on me. Toward the end of the school year, I found my dorm room was the only place I could truly feel at peace. I found it extremely insulated from negative energies, and there were no cries, no strange plumbing noises, no shadows underneath my door. Often I'd return to my always unlocked room to find one of my male friends still living in the building, enjoying some video games with my PS3 or watching a show on Netflix. When I'd inquired as to why they'd chose my room specifically, they'd always given a response like, I don't know really, your room is just really comforting for some reason. I feel like I can relax in here. Followed by a confused scan of my relatively bare walls. My second year, I'd lived off campus with a few friends and it was one of the worst years of my life so far. Getting sick with mononucleosis, bronchitis, diagnosed depression, having a cyst lacerated from my closing throat after an ambulance trip to a specialist, and placed on academic probation at school. I felt very anxious at the time, and I looked back at that time in my life wishing that I'd still lived under the tested protection of the infamous Blue Nun of Gilmora Hall." End quote. So what are your thoughts on that one, Darcy? 
Mm, a very interesting story, Kelly. Kind of got me into that one, right? But ah, uh, I don't know. It's very hard to say. It's a very interesting story. So as far as my thoughts go on this, I think this guy is putting a little bit too much emphasis on his particular dorm room. And I don't know, it just it kind of seems strange that he's attributing shadows and knocks and everything else to this one particular blue nun without actually having any kind of experience of seeing the apparition for himself. I mean, yeah, I guess the blue nun is the only rumored ghost to live in the dorm or to inhabit the dorm in any way shape or form but i don't know just something strikes me as weird about this one yeah i'd have to agree on that one that just something doesn't quite add up there yeah i mean like i'm not saying the guy is lying but i don't know maybe it's just something in the way that he told the story but yeah exactly. it just seems off to me you're right about that yeah something about it just feels off to me yeah. But I don't know this guy, so I don't know. We can't really judge. We can't really say for sure. Exactly. And that's part of what we do, too, is that like a lot of what we do as far as like our preliminary interviews and everything like that, it's all like it's all trying to figure out a person's character, right? Exactly. Because, yeah, I mean, that would if, if we were to judge the guy, we would sound like a couple of assholes, and that's not what we're about, so... No, it's just really hard to do when all we have is a written account and Exactly. That's about it, so Exactly, yeah. But with that, I think it's time for an another ad break. This program is brought to you by the Center for Early Childhood Reeducation. Welcome back, kids. It's your old buddy Bill Lacar. Who's ready for another super fun story time? Okay, today's story is by Howard Phillips Lovecraft III. It's called The Alphabet. Mm-hmm. A is for Annie, gored by a stag. B is for Barry, who died of the plague. C is for Cory, who suddenly drowned. D is for Doris, who got stabbed by a clown. E is for Esther, leukemia sucks. FF is for Francis, who fell under some trucks. G is for Gertrude, her plane wouldn't fly. H is for Hanks, his parts thrown in a sty. I is for Irene, who was slain by her groom. J is for Jason, challenges led to his doom. Like and subscribe. K is for Karen, who was blown into bits. L is for Lyle, who got dysentery and died of the shits. M is for Megan, who was crushed by a tree. M is for Nicholas, who was murdered by bees. Not the bees! Ah! O is for Ophelia, who tried driving drunk. P is for Pedro, who was stuffed in her trunk. Q is for Quint, who earned the gang's ire. R is for Ray, who perished in fire. Ah! S is for Stephen, who died of a fever. T is for Tanya, hacked apart by a cleaver. U is for Yurik, who died of old age. V is for Vicky, victim of road rage. W is Wilma, who died of the flu. X is Xavier, cracked his head in the loo. Y is poor Yurik, who fell off a ladder. Z is for Zelda, whose skull had been shattered. The end is inevitable. You can't try and stop it. 
You can't live forever, so why don't just drop it? You can kick, stomp, scream, squeal, and cry. It doesn't change the simple fact that you, my friend, must die. Wasn't that fun, kids? Billy, Billy, for fuck's sake, stop crying. Jesus Christ, you're an embarrassment. No wonder your mother doesn't love you. And we're back. So, what could it be? The first thing that's on my list here is college stress. The human mind can only take so much stress, and according to studies that have been done on the matter, it's been shown that college students exhibit some of the highest stress levels of any given demographic outside of an active war zone. The human mind is something that we still struggle to understand, and uh, its responses to stress vary from individual to individual. Extreme stress can cause things like memory loss, insomnia, a weakened immune system, digestive problems, and difficulty concentrating. And when our minds are pushed to their absolute limit, we experience something called sensory overload. Sensory overload is a fascinating phenomenon where the brain, when it's under extreme stress anyway, for lack of a better term, it'll turn your senses up to 11. In this state, we might feel that a radio is too loud when it's barely audible to others or that lights are too bright when their brightness hasn't changed a bit from the last time that we saw them. In other words, your system is so overloaded with cortisol and adrenaline that you enter into a default survival mode. For those of our listeners who suffer with PTSD, this might actually sound pretty familiar because those of us who are diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder have experienced this a number of times or frequently depending on your case. So what's my point of all this incoherent rambling? Well, it could be, it could explain the phenomenon in one of two ways. The first is that students who are pushed to their psychological limit may enter into sensory overload, which I'm sure we can agree is an altered state of consciousness. Now, shamans and monks from around the world have used altered states of consciousness in order to get in touch with the divine. And my working hypothesis is that the same is happening here. But instead of a sweat lodge or an intense meditation, it's stress that opens the mind to experience more things paranormal. Or stress could cause the brain to accidentally misfire while under sensory overload and cause the students to become forgetful, have hallucinations, an altered sense of reality. And I want to preface that by saying, first of all, we here at Spirit don't shame people for having mental struggles. There's absolutely no shame in being under such stress that your mind simply can't handle it. And if anyone is listening to this who has those feelings, just know that there are people out there who can help you manage your stress. So the next thing that I have on my list here is urban legends. Now, I know I keep coming back to this explanation, but in all honesty, it's a repeat offender. While many urban legends are cautionary tales, we do have to dive a little bit deeper into why urban legends are so important to our culture in the first place. First of all, they're fun. I mean, who wouldn't want to go to college on a campus that has something supernatural going on? I mean, come on. Exactly. That would be so, I mean, that would be the ultimate of investigations right there, man. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I would sign up for a semester of that if I knew ghosts were prowling the halls. Secondly, Urban legends are an insight into our collective fears and the state of society. 
The reason I think the story of the Blue Nun and the Red Priest resonates so well with college students is because it has themes that they themselves may be familiar with. Themes like unexpected pregnancies, suicide, or even on the more sinister side, and, but unfortunately just as valid, unhealthy power dynamics. All of these themes present in the story of the Blue Nun, and it resonates with students who live under these shadowy threats every day. And by giving it some kind of agency through a legend, it gives these things a more personified form. And in a cathartic way, it expresses these stressors without getting stigmatized for doing so. I mean, when you think about it, when we were talking about it earlier, I said that having a baby between these two, it would destroy both of their careers, right? Yep. And in college, what are you trying to build up? Exactly. Yeah, you're trying to build up your education for your career. If you end up getting unexpectedly pregnant, that could destroy that, much like the nun and the priest in the story. So you can see why I think this is something that resonates so well with these students. That's why she, yeah, exactly. I can see why she would have gone through that uh, depression spell. So let's move on to some similar cases from around the world. Oh my God, there are so many, so many, Darcy. There are Where do you even literally there are hundreds and hundreds of books out there with titles like haunted colleges and universities in the world. So I'm going to do the lazy thing here, and I'm just going to make this segment instead of making this segment about two and a half hours long, I'm going to give a list of 50 of the world's most haunted campuses according to the internet's most reliable source of information, onlinebachelordegrees.com. What? There was so much out there. And I didn't, I had, a, I had to work under a time limit. Anyway, without further ado, here is the list. Harvard University, Lomonov Moscow State University, University of North Texas, University of Prince Edward Island, possibly another episode, New York University, University of Wales, Acadia University, University of Santo Tomas, University of Denver, Texas State U, Maynooth U, Downlands College, Pennsylvania State, COE College, University of Alaska Anchorage, Gujarat Technical University, University of Aberdeen, DeSalle U, University of Illinois, Chestnut Hill College, University of Dhaka, University of Notre Dame, Drew University, Transylvania University. No surprise there. Ball That's State. Transylvania. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. In Romania, Ball States, Morvain College. University of North Bengal, University of Exeter, South Regina University, Flagler College, University of Toulouse, University of Southampton, Salem State University, University College London, Durham University, University of Northern Colorado, Ateno de Manila University, Peking University, Ohio U, Benedictine University, Fordham U, University of Cambridge, University of Alabama, Chinese University of Hong Kong, University of Toronto, University of Oxford, Nagasaki U, University of St. Andrews, 
Heidelberg University. And coming in at number one, Gettysburg College. I'm thinking Gettysburg is, or Gettysburg College is probably because of the big battle with the Civil War. Yeah, that would be about right. Or it has some kind of link to it. But yeah. anyway, let's move on to... Ladies and gentlemen, the question of the week. Darcy. Yes, sir. We mentioned this at the top of the episode, but what is your name for ghost sex? Oh, Kelly, you always have to put me on the spot. You ask me the hardest questions. <sighs> this that is... I don't really know the answer to. <laughs> well, I'll give it a shot, okay? All right. All right. All right, now, about ghost sex, right? What do I think of that? Uh, what is your name for it? My name for ghost sex. Oh, fuck. Man, I don't even know how to answer that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I've got a couple. All right, you give me yours. Okay. So, the first one I have is getting under the sheets. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know, ghosts and sheets and stuff. I think I better, yeah. I promise. Pop up that one, I can hear that. that you know when you say a joke, you <laughs> like drum thing in the background every time you make a joke? Uh, you cut off there, so. How about now? Yeah, you're good. Okay. You know, every time you say a joke under the sheets, you remember every time you say joke, you hear bop, 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 bop. Oh, a rim shot, yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> But yeah, that's one. My next one is getting some booty. <laughs> there you go. That's a good one. And I like I have, it. Then I have phantomping. Yep. And mutual orgasms. Ah, good one. I like that one. <laughs> that's my favorite above all. And before any of our other paranormal enthusiasts out there start writing your emails i know it's spectrophilia okay so just save your emails but i think that just about does it for the saint francis xavier university hauntings this week and i think we learned that college can be stressful when you have roommates whether they're living or not so thanks oh, for listening yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody, and until next time, you can get in contact with us here at Canadian Spirit by reaching out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spiritgp, on our Twitter account at spirit underscore Canadian, our email spiritinstitutegp at gmail.com, and finally, you can leave us a voice message that we will share on a future episode at anchor.fm slash spirit slash message. We want to hear your stories. And if you're a college student, or even if you're not, Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, or any of your podcast platforms of choice to allow us to reach some new listeners who are missing out on this madhouse of our own creation. So tune in next time for our coverage on one of Canada's most famous UFO cases and our very first trip to Newfoundland, the 1978 Clarenville UFO sighting. Until next time, I've been Kelly. And I've been Darcy. And this has been... Canadian Spirit. Good night, everybody. Have a good night, all. That's all for this episode. Special thanks to Torin for our music. 
Zach Black, that's me, for voice work. All of our sources we used for this episode, and you, our listeners. For more information on the Supernatural Paranormal Investigations and Research Institute, visit us on Facebook at facebook.com slash spiritgp. We'll see you in two weeks.